All right. Good morning. Good morning. I'm excited. I feel like I'm on four spiritual Red Bulls. I want to let you know, listen, I, I knew it was going to be 100 degrees. I knew a lot of people were going to be out. I know there's a lot of people on vacation, but I didn't come light today. Amen? Okay? So if you came hungry, I brought enough for everybody. Good? Good? All right, here's the quote. Here's the quote. Until, until you start making room for new things, you don't realize how many broken things you're hanging on to. We'll get back to that. Father, we just ask you right now to give us a hunger for your word, Lord. Father, that your word would mean more to us than our comfort. That your word would mean more to us than, than nourishment, than, than, than being comfortable, than being fulfilled, than being content, than being happy, God. That your word would mean more to us today, God. Give us a desire to grow deeper than surface level believers. Amen? So, okay, if you're just joining us, um, let me catch you up real quick. We're going through the book of Ephesians, man, and we're going through it like a Spanish person goes through chicken. We're, we're eating every bone and we're leaving nothing but the dry bone at the end of it. So we're going in it and, and ripping it apart and learning and growing. If you've missed any, I'll tell you again, please Go online, they're free, download them, look at us on, on iTunes and, and subscribe to the podcast, listen to them, get them, get them in you, amen? Because it matters, it matters. If, it, if, if you care about the word, if you want to really grow and really have the word in you, then, then get these under your belt. Okay, enough commercial. So, so we talked about last week how when you, when you lift off, when you, when you go in a drone and you take a picture of the whole book of Ephesians, what you see from, from far away, from on high, the entire theme of the letter is what? I'm going home. Unity. Anybody here last week? Unity. So the entire theme, okay, I excuse you that just showed up today for the first time. The rest of you, you're on disciplina, everybody. The whole theme of the book of Ephesians, the big picture of the book of Ephesians is unity. Chapter 1, unity with God. Chapter 2, unity with the church. Chapter 3, unity with each other. Chapter 4, walking in unity. Okay? So the, the first half of Ephesians is about everything we've been giving, and the second half is a challenge to walk in it. So la last week we had walk it out. Right? The, 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 first, the first half is about everything God's given us. God has given us everything. And the second half is about us walking in it. It's a challenge for us to walk it out. One study that I've been reading says <coughs> the key word for the first half is wealth. And the key word for the second half is walk. First, wealth. Wealth is, look at every thing that we've been given that the word tells us we have every spiritual blessing in heaven and earth we have forgiveness we have redemption we have um, um we've been adopted we're heirs of god for uh, of god with a great inheritance we have everything we need to do what to walk right before god listen first time here or a hundred or ten years you have everything you need to walk with god you, God has given you everything you need to walk right with God. 
So that, that, that's why when we step into the second half of Ephesians, Ephesians 4, 1, it starts this way. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Listen, whenever you see a therefore in the scripture, you have to ask yourself, what is that therefore, therefore? Because if there's a therefore, that means I said something that you should have got. Therefore, here's what you can do. You, you, you got it? So Paul is saying, because of everything we've been given, Ephesians 1 through 3, you've been given all this spiritual wealth, therefore, you can walk it out. I'm going to need a little bit more excitement from you guys. Because of all that, Paul is saying, you can do this. Because of what you have, you, it's as if God is saying, listen, somebody stole something from you, I'll give you more than what they stole. Somebody, come on, I'll give you more than what you had. You, you got daddy issues, I'll be your father. You got relationship issues? Be, have a relationship with me first. Put me first. And, and I'll say, look, it's like he's saying, I'll replace what the locust has eaten. Uh, walk with me and your latter years will be greater than your former ones. You Walk with me and I'll give you immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. I'm not making this up. You, we've read this. That's the word, right? He's saying, you have all of this wealth, therefore Walk. The truth is, we can go, and I've seen people do this, and I've probably been guilty of it myself at some point. You can go for years holding on to things that don't matter anymore. Can, can, we, can we get ugly? We can go for years holding on to things that have no power over your life anymore. They can't hurt you anymore. Listen, somebody, this is for somebody today. It's time to walk away from some things and get closer to others. A few years ago, I had to start purging my house, right? Because my family was growing and my daughters and their husbands and their kids, and we're all, we're all going to live together. We're one big happy family. There's 49 of us in the house. And um, praise God. And I realized, I started, I, that means I had to start emptying rooms. In the, now, we've lived in the house for over 18 years. I mean, you know, you can amass a lot of junk, right? So I realized that I had junk in every room. I'm not talking to anybody today. And, and, and you know I'm not just talking about your apartment. I realized I had junk and I had to get rid of stuff that I've been holding on to in order to make room for the new. You don't realize how many broken things you're holding on to until you start making room for the new. Somebody say amen. I, I want to talk to you today about letting go, about moving on, about growing up in a message titled Making Room. It's time to make room for God to bring new things into your life. It's time to make room for growth. Did you know, did you know, I don't know how much you guys know about this, but you know that there's certain fish and certain sharks that will only grow depending on the size of the tank they're put in? Come on, that's good. They'll only grow as, as depending on the room that you give them. You put them in a bigger tank and they grow bigger. 
I'm not telling you to go to a bigger church. I'm telling you to get deeper. Don't, don't get it twisted. I don't want everybody, well, you said I want to go to a bigger church now. If you ain't doing nothing here, you're going to do nothing there either. Come on. All right. All right. All right. Calm down, Pastor. It's time to, to make room. So, so, so they won't grow more than the space. So I came to tell somebody today, it's time for you to make room for growth. It's time for you to make room for, for God to grow you. Stop limiting your growth. Sometimes you just have to let go of the stuff that's been there for years, the stuff that you've been storing, the stuff that you've been holding on to. Make room for the next chapter, for the next move. Make room for maturity. Here's the thing, though. When you're ready to be free from it, you also have to be ready to stop using it as an excuse. Who said that? When you're ready to be free from it, you also have to be ready to stop using it as to to lean on. You can't be free of something that you still hold on to. You can't be free of something that you still use for support. You can't, you can't stay who you are and say, well, I'm, I'm this way. You've been in church 14 years. You've been in Christ 27 years. But I'm this way because my mom treated me. My mom didn't hug me enough. My father didn't play with me enough. My, 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 my last relationship was this. So I'm this way. I'm cold with you, my, my, new, my wife, because my last relationship was no good. I'm, I'm no good with you because in, in the past, I'm, I don't do anything in church because in my old church, I, I, don't do, I don't step out because my old pastor... Some of us are still walking around with crutches because we broke our legs 16 years ago. And we're scared to stand on them. Now, we wouldn't do that in the physical, right? Soon as doctor said, that's it. Get that off. You're ready to walk, right? But in the spiritual, we all day, all day. Because we're scared to step out. We're scared to, to, to get new strength in places that have been... Oh, man, come on. We need, we need strength in places that have been broken. We need, we need to make room to, for muscles to grow. We need to... Listen, people, people that are serious about what they do, like, let's say, like professional athletes, right? They break bones. They tear ligaments. They rip muscles. They have surgeries. And what they do? They train and they go back to doing what they were made to do. Right? We need to get serious. You and I were created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to walk in. We can't stop walking in them because something failed. We can't stop walking because we were hurt before. We can't stop doing because something didn't happen before. We can't because we got shut down, because this happened, because that. You, you, you can't. There's no more excuses. Amen? Make room. for. If you're serious about this, we've been given everything we need to walk right before God. It's time we started making room in this new season. Okay, let's see what the rest of Ephesians 4 has to say to us. Ephesians 4 Starting in 7, it says, But grace was given to each of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. Wow. 
So Ephesians 4 says, besides all the wealth that we've read about already in the beginning, we've been given in the first half, you have been given a grace and the gift to walk in it. You have been given a gift and the grace to walk in it. Now the same grace is not given to all, but to all is given enough to enable them to live as they ought to live. You have enough grace to live the way God called you to live. My God. You have enough grace to live the way God's called you to live. Paul, we, we, we read before um, when, when Paul had a thorn in his side. And, and, he, and the word says he had a messenger of Satan. And he prayed and he said, God, you know, take this from me. And three times he prayed. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. You have enough grace to walk in what God called you to walk in. I don't know why nobody's like, excited. There's a victory verse there in Ephesians 4. I want you to watch this. Before he gives us gifts, he frees us. Where, well, where's that? Okay, Ephesians 4, 8. When he ascended, I love the way the King James says it. When he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive. And he gave gifts to men. Listen, when Christ ascended to heaven, there was victory. The enemy thought the cross would hold Jesus captive. Instead, it ended our captivity. The cross made room for us to be free. Before Christ, we were dead in our sinful nature. We were held captive by sin and death. At the cross, Jesus took captivity captive. And he gave gifts to men. I, I love the wording. That's such a crazy captivity captive. It's like he, he made death live. He, he made the lost found. He made meekness powerful. He made weakness strong. Do, do you understand God's math and God's science is better than ours? He makes weakness strong. In your weakness, I'm strong. You're my strength to be made perfect. So he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Paul talks about these spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and Romans 12. And here in Ephesians 4, he talks about the offices that these gifts have. We don't have to, that'll be a whole nother series. We'll have to talk about these gifts and get into these gifts. We've done it before. We need to do it again. But right here in 11, in 4.11, he says, And he gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers For what? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. To equip the saints. That's not, we're not in Catholic Church and there's 10 saints. No, you're the saints. You understand what the word says? Saints, you're the saints. So to equip the saints. He gave evangelists and preachers and teachers and to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Who does the ministry? Why we got it twisted in church? Why I'm sweating and doing all the work? We, to equip the body for the, the saints for the work of the ministry. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood. Man, that's a message for, for men's breakfast. To mature manhood. Two men clapping. Not even like a strong clap, just like. To mature 
manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Listen, we've been given gifts to benefit all. Here's why, here's why we, we struggle with this. <coughs> As your pastor, God gives me a gift to make me useful to you. God gives you a gift to make you useful to the body. We, God gives you gifts to make you useful to the body. Can, can you tell somebody it's not about you? That's why we have some people operating in the gifts that God has given them. And they've created this whole, this whole uh, it, like if I did it, it would be georgemartinez.com. Oh my God. You know, this guy has the anointing of, and he has this gift. Yeah, I've been given the gift not for me, it's for the body. The gifts Paul talks about, they're listed in, in, different, in, different, in, the, in, in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians. They're the gifts of prophecy, they're the gifts of serving. Do you know that serving is a gift? Do you know that? Because, you know, we have this bad thing, oh, I ain't serving, you know, I call, God called me to preach the word. You you. Oh, man. Oh, man. Until you clean toilets in the church, you're not ready to preach to the church. Amen? Until you learn serving. Now, listen, you might have the gift of preaching. You might have the gift of teaching. You might have the gift, but, 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 but you, you understand, like, like those things, God works those things. And God works. And, and they're for the body. God will never give you something that will give you a big head. There's serving, there's teaching, there's encouraging. Did you know encouraging is a spiritual gift? Some of you, you know, how many of you know that one person that every time you're around them, you're encouraged? Like they, they never got nothing bad to say to you. They, everything they say, I mean, it's bad. We could be 100 degrees, two flat tires, the spare is flat, there's no shoulder, so you're in the middle of the highway, and that person's in the car for you, and they'll find something good to say. Sometimes you want to choke people like that. But you know that person will never bring you down. You know that person will never give you, leave you discouraged. That person will never, that person has the gift of encouragement. Is, it, is there somebody with a gift of encouragement that's sitting next to you? Raise your hand. Amen. Amen. That's good. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. There's the gift of giving. Oh, that's like sounds sinful. Some people have a gift of giving. It blesses them to give. How come nobody praying for that one? So I'm like, uh, I'll sidestep that one. Give me the other one. I don't want to just give everything I have away. Some people get blessed by just giving. That's who, that's who they are. And it's a gift of giving. And, 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 and there's gifts of leadership and mercy. There's words of wisdom. There's words of knowledge. Sometimes somebody will come to you, they're praying for you, and they'll tell you they'll read your mail like they were with you last night. And you're like, is that witchcraft? Is that psychic? Uh, no, that's, that's a spiritual gift. Word of knowledge, word of, word of wisdom. There's, there's gifts of faith. Some people have a gift of faith. We've all been given a measure, but some people have the gift of faith. They can just believe for stuff that's not there. Amen? There's a gift of healing. We can all pray for healing, but some people have a gift of healing, right? There's discernment. There's miracles. There's, there's tongues and interpretation of tongues, and there's a gift of helps. You know, some people have a gift of helps. That might not sound like, you know, but that is spiritual. Some, somebody, right? And this is often where the church starts comparing and complaining. 
Let me say something real quick about that. Gifts are not toys to play with. They're tools to build with. Wait, wait. And if they're not used in love, they become weapons to hurt with. Romans 12, 6 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Isn't that beautiful? God didn't make you the same and doesn't want you to be exactly like me. Because you'd be lunatics, right? Imagine 26 of me in the room. That'd be way too much. So he says, God, Romans 12 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. If prophecy, then prophesy in proportion to your faith. If service, then serve. If, if it's one who teaches, then in his teaching. If it's the one who exhorts, then in his exhortation. If it's the one who contributes and gives, then in generosity. If it's the one who leads, then with passion, with zeal. If it's the one that does acts of mercy, then do it with cheerfulness. He said, let us use them. Paul says, having all these different gifts gathered in one body, let's use them. God makes room for our gifts by making them different and bringing us together so that together we have the fullness of Christ. That's why we need the church. That's why we need, people don't get this, and I know people fight me on this. That's why we need the church. You have stuff I don't have. You have been given grace and gifts that I have not been given. So me by myself in my room listening to a podcast, I'm alone. I don't have the fullness and I could never have the fullness of Christ. Isn't that crazy? You're saying if I just pray for six hours a day, if I just read the Bible all day at home by myself, I can, you will not grow to the fullness of Christ until you become a part of something. It's just the way we're wired. That's why in the world, everybody wants to, we, we have this. That's why we have to. That's why kids join gangs. That's why we form these. We have to be a part of something. We're, we're built for connection, for community. God is three in one. He's community all by himself. And we were created in his image. That's why if we're not church, we got to join a gang. Because we got to throw up. That's why we throw up colors. That's why we throw up signals. That's why we, we have to because we're wired for that. We can't blame the kids today. for We blame ourselves because we haven't provided something for them. That's a result of the fatherlessness of America. But that's a whole other message. We have different gifts. Let's use them. Why? 4.14, Ephesians 4.14. Why? Why do we have to do all this? Why? Because so that, verse 4.14, so that we may no longer be children. Like that. Tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning and by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we're to grow up in every way, into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Listen, when each part of the body is working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When each part of the body is working perfectly, then we grow. When they're not, we have tumors and cancers. When the body's not working properly, 
Y'all ready for that one? God gives us the church to equip us so that we can grow up, so that we can grow right, so that we can grow healthy. That's why it's important to be a part of one. It's important to hear the word together, to worship together, to pray together, to devote ourselves to the teaching of the apostles like the first church did in the book of Acts. It says, listen, from the very first sermon they heard, they, they, the, they heard one sermon. These people had come from all over. Book of Acts, this Holy Spirit had just fallen on the apostles. They heard one sermon Peter preached, and everybody's like, well, what do we do? Peter said, just repent and be baptized. Turn from your ways and follow him. And they did. And so, and then it says that they met daily. They met all the time. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles. <clears throat> when we sit under the word, we make room for new things. We're making room for new experiences. We're making room for new growth. When we, listen, testimony, when we make room, he fills it. So I, I live, I, my life, I'm telling you, when you make room, he fills it. He's been faithful to me, my life. Many of you, and we, we could talk for this whole afternoon together. We could give stories. Listen, I made room here. I didn't even know what I was doing, but I made room for God to move. And look what he did. You Come on. Come on. You could do it with relationships. You could do it with houses, with, with cars, with, with gifts, with jobs. When you make room for God, he fills it. We all have testimonies. If you don't, then what's missing? Maybe we haven't made room for God. Maybe you've been trying to do it all on your own. Maybe we haven't been in community. Maybe we're not operating fully. Maybe we haven't grown up. Maybe we're still holding on to broken things and asking God to fix it instead of making room and asking him to replace it. Come on. We need to be serious about learning and growing in, in the word and even more serious about putting it into practice, about walking it out. Listen, family, I've been a Christian for close to 30 years. I've been preaching the word for, for close to 20 years. For my own walk, I still need to read and share and hear the word or I will fall into stinking thinking. I still need it. I've been preaching it. For 20 years, this is sermon number 400 just here at the sanctuary. Sermon 400. You would think, man, if you preach 400 sermons, you know everything. You can stop. You don't need nothing. You're good. I mean, you preach about every book just about 400 sermons. You're good. You know everything. I, don't, I know nothing. I wake up Monday morning sometimes discouraged. I wake up Monday morning sometimes broken. I wake up sometimes, I don't know, man, do I do this? Do I do that? Sometimes there's problems in my family. Sometimes there's problems in my marriage. Sometimes you understand? So I'm the same. I'm the same. I need to still sit under the word. I need to still hear the word. I need to still get into the word. Or I will have stinking thinking. That's what I'm saying. When we hear the word, and, and that's if the word is being preached. Some people preach sugar-coated messages. You leave church with cavities instead of convictions. But, but don't let me go there. When we hear the word preached, the word helps us understand more. The Word helps us make better decisions. The Word helps us make better choices. It comforts us. It challenges us. It convicts us. Not to bring shame, but to bring correction. 
You understand? God is a good, good father. He doesn't, he doesn't, he, we, we have this, depending on our background, we grew up Catholic or grew up New Age or grew up whatever. We have this thinking that, that if we grew up in Pentecostal church, I, I know me, we, 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 we thought if, if, um, that God is waiting for us to cross the street after lying before repenting. So he could kill us, like to catch us riding dirty. God is not trying to catch you riding dirty. God already created peace for you. He already created the bridge for you to not catch you that way. So he brings us conviction to bring us correction so that we can use what we've been given to bring God glory. So the last part of chapter 4, this is the rough part. Last part of chapter 4 is labeled live in holiness. you're feeling uncomfortable, good. Because listen, all of this gifting, and, and that's what a lot of people like to talk about. We like to talk about being happy in Christ. We like to talk about having everything, everything that God gives us and everything. And that's beautiful and that's truth. We need that. But we need balance too. All of this gifting without, we can make room for gifting and, and desire the greater gifts and we, should, we can walk in them. But if we're not making room for holiness, all of that is meaningless. I was in my, I was in the backyard the other day, and my wife and I noticed that one of the trees that, one of the trees that we love that kind of gives shade to where we have some chairs there. It was it was leaning in a weird way, and 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 some parts of it were drying up, and we like, man, that's you know that's like our that's a great. That's like our favorite little little spot there. That's a great tree there. And, and, and so we noticed, my wife started looking into it, and she goes, oh, it's one of those vines. And, you know, those vines, I talk about this every year because every year it blows my mind when I physically see it. We noticed that it was one of those vines that had come from the neighbor's yard and from the neighbor's bushes or, our old, I don't know, came across into that tree, and it, and it weaves itself into the tree. It just weaves itself all the way around into the tree. And what it does is it wraps itself around the branches and, and, and pulls. And, it, and it, ra- it, it literally, this is a vine, and it literally sends out these little, these little tiny vines that wrap around the branches, and so it pulls the, the, it starts pulling the tree, and then what it does is it pulls itself up, and the vine goes to the top of the tree, and it spreads its leaves over the top of the tree, so that it can get the sun and steal, so, so it's stopping it from growing, and it's stopping it from receiving nourishment, I couldn't give you a more better picture of sin than that. Some people don't grow because they've allowed the vines of this world to attach themselves to our thinking, to our walking. And these, these vines, these weeds, these sins don't allow us to grow. And the only way we're ever going to see breakthrough is if we start clearing the vines and start making room for new growth. And so my, my wife looked meticulously and she's, she's because... One thing the vine does too, this is, this is wicked. One thing the vine does too is the leaves that it gives, it mimics the leaves of the tree that it's infecting. My God. So you can't tell which leaves are from the vine and which leaves are from the tree. 
And so she started examining, and she says, that one, that one. And so I start pulling. And as you start pulling, I realize this thing, we see how deeply rooted this thing is in the whole tree. And so I'm pulling, and I'm pulling, and I'm pulling, and I'm ripping. Because remember, it's, it's grabbing on. It's, it has all these little feelers all around the branches. And so, and so I'm yanking, and yanking, and yanking. And my wife said, you're so strong. And I felt so good, you know. And... <laughs> And I just had to throw that in there, you know. I mean, that happened, but still. Because it's so intertwined, it's so wrapped up into that thing. So I'm yanking and yanking, but now it's not enough to, to yank and to separate it from the branches because within a day or two, that thing will attach itself again. So now we had to find where is it coming from so that we can cut it at the source. So I found the main vine, and I cut the vine from the source. Listen, if you're serious about making room for new growth, you got to trace that thing back to where it came from, and you got to cut it at the source. If you're serious, let's, let's just read the last portion of Ephesians 4. Starting in 17. I'm going to, I asked her to put, the, to put it in the message. I just love, for this particular portion of scripture, I love the way the message kind of just makes it very simple and clear for us. Verse 4, 17, listen to this. And, you can, and so I insist, and God backs me up on this, that there be no going along with the crowd. Listen, young people. The empty-headed, mindless crowd, they've refused so long. This is a picture of the world. They refuse so long to deal with God that they've lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. They can't even think straight anymore. Feeling no pain, they let themselves go in sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. But that's no life for you. You learn Christ. My assumption is that you have been paid careful attention to him, have been well instructed in the truth precisely as we have in Christ Jesus. Verse 22. Since then, we don't have the excuse of ignorance anymore. Everything, and I do mean everything, connected with the old way of life has got to go. It's rotten through and through. Family, we got to get rid of the junk in every room. And then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces his character. Listen, too often in church we focus on behavior. And we say, oh, if you're going to be a Christian now, you better stop cursing, you better stop lying, you better stop cheating, you better stop this, you can't do this, you can't. And we focus on everything we can't do. Christianity is not about what we can't do. Christianity is about what we can do. It's about who we are. It's about what what we have. When we focus on the can't do's, you'll fall. You'll fall. Because you're just trying to modify your behavior and Christ is trying to change you from the inside. Paul is saying, when we get renewed from the inside, it'll work itself out in our conduct. Yeah, some of you still talking French. I I, I get it. 
But get God renewed on the inside and that'll start to change. You with me? I'm not saying it doesn't matter, like keep dropping F-bombs. Oh, no. I'm, I'm saying get what's serious. That's nice. But you know what? You fake that in church and a lot of people do that. We're in here. Oh, praise God. Praise God. As soon as you pass the double door, your language changes. What's the point then? You faked it in here? Or you think God doesn't, it's different? God only hears me in the sanctuary. As soon as I'm out there, he knows, yo, I got to do what I got to do. It's life, it's life. I got to live. I got to whatever. No. Right? God sees the same. He sees you there. He probably focuses more there than here. So if we get renewed from the inside, that'll start to, you know what? Whoa, I've, now that don't feel right no more. I, don't, I shouldn't talk like that. You know what? That doesn't feel right no more. I shouldn't be, keep, I keep, and, and, and that'll start, start, God start changing your life. The, it'll start changing the places you hang out. You know what? This club was always like my, my spot. You know what? I don't feel comfortable there anymore. This was always my thing. You know, the henny is always my thing. But you know what? Mm, mm. I'm not feeling too comfortable. You know, I got to, I got to, I got to start. Amen? 25. What this adds up to then is this. No more lies. No more pretense. Stop faking it. Paul's saying, I love this. Tell your neighbor the truth. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other after all. So when you lie to others, you lie to yourself. 26, go ahead and be angry. Some of you got things to be angry about. Paul says, go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Well, some of you have been angry 26 years. Because my old pastor, he made, who, he, do your old pastor think about you right now? So come on, bro, let him rest in peace. He died 10 years ago. You're still holding on. You're still crippling your walk. God said, I call you to walk. I didn't call you to follow that man in the first place. Amen? If I fall, you better not fall because I fell. I don't want to fall. Don't get me wrong. But, but you're not here to follow me, right? You're here to follow God. If the church was doing crooked things with the money that you were given, that's not on you. You were told to give, Right? And you gave, not so he can drive a BMW or, or, the, or the next, you know, whatever. You gave because you, you felt in your spirit, you felt this is, I'm listening to the word. I want to give. I want to be, and you gave. If he bought three cars, that's on him. He has to answer for that. Amen? But you can't because your old pastor was a crook. You can't say, well, I ain't, I ain't never. Play comes around, I go like this. Because I know these guys all just want to get rich. These guys. And you lump us all together. These guys. Oh, oh, they're all about the money. You know, the church is all about the money. You know, but you guys will go to restaurants and the restaurants just want you there because they want your money. You go to stores and you go to the mall. The mall exists just because they want your money. But you still go to the mall. But you still go to restaurants. <laughs> anyway, that's too much, too much. Go ahead and be angry, but you do well to be angry, but don't use your anger as fuel. Don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. That's what we don't realize. When we don't forgive somebody, when we stay angry with somebody, when we don't let things go, the enemy gets a foothold in you. Not that person. That person is still living free, could care less about you. You got a foothold. The enemy's on you now, on your back. And you're carrying around an extra 300 pounds. 
28. <coughs> Did you used to make ends by stealing? Remember, he's talking to a pretty diverse crowd here. You would think he's preaching in the South Bronx. He's saying, did you used to make ends by stealing or selling weed? Stop. No more. Get an honest job so that you can help others and, and who can't work. 29. This is going to be a tough one. We talked about it already. Watch the way you talk. Let nothing foul or dirty come out of your mouth. Say only what helps. Each word is a gift. My God. Imagine if the church spoke only words that help or only words that build. Worship team, come on, come on. Imagine what kind of place this would be if the church spoke only words that build. Instead of when we leave here and we divide and we go into our little, our little um, groups and then we start, our words start picking apart other people. And start picking apart other ministries and other things. Verse 30, don't grieve God. Do you know that you can grieve, we can grieve God? That sounds crazy that we would have the power to grieve the creator of the universe. But we're his creation and the word says that we can grieve him. If the Holy Spirit is in us, that means God is in us. We're a temple of the Spirit of God when we do things that are not according to the, to the way God calls us to live, to the grace that He's given us to live the way that we should live. We grieve the heart of God. Don't grieve God. Don't break His heart. Moving in His Holy Spirit moving and breathing in you is the most intimate part of your life, making you fit for Himself. Don't take such a gift for granted. 31, make a clean break with cutting, backbiting, profane talk. 32, be gentle with one another, sensitive, forgive one another as quickly and thoroughly as God in Christ forgave you. Let's, let's stand for a moment. So listen, Ephesians 4 is telling us God has taken captivity captive so we can be free. It's telling us we've each been given gifts and specific gifts and the grace to walk in those gifts. And these gifts are to equip the church to grow and to be mature and to be useful. It's important that we're a part of it. He's also saying your personal life matters. You know, this, you, never, you never make this a popular message when you start dealing with people's personal life. But if you allow sin or the vines to tie you down in one area, eventually you won't be useful in any area. So I want to ask you today, are you, are you ready to make room? The whole point of all this, are you ready to make room for God to grow in you? Are you ready to make room in your life? Are you ready to let go of some broken things? Listen, if that's you, just start, start making your way to the front. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. But, but listen, are you ready to, to start clearing out rooms? I want you, even right now, search every room of your house right now. And I'm not talking about the apartment. Search every room of your, let's just bow our heads for a moment. Search every room of your house right now. Are there areas you need to clean out? Are there, listen, there might be some areas you need to ask for forgiveness from. Let's, let's do that today. Why, why wait? Let's do it today. How do we make room? 
Like the, the, the 2,000 people asked Peter when they heard the first message, how do, you, how do you make room for God to grow in you? He said, just repent. So hear me today, just repent. Humble yourselves. Repent. Turn. Turn from your ways. Ask God to show you his. When we repent, we get free of what entangles us. Listen, if it's been hard to worship, if it's been hard to even, to, you've been forcing yourself to come to church, if, it's, if those things are a struggle, it's, it's probably because you've been weighed down. It's probably because there's some vines in your life that are just grabbing at your arms, and that's why you can't lift them to worship. I look, when I see one of those trees held down with the vines, I see it almost like the tree wants to worship, and the vines don't let it. And it's such a picture of what I see in church sometimes. You want to worship. You want to you act a fool like somebody acts a fool. But you know you can't because something's holding you back. If that's you today, would you, would you start to disentangle yourself? Would you start to press on? If we really get Ephesians, man, we'll be a different church. If we understood, we, we, we'd be a different church. If we understood that despite all of our shortcomings, despite all of our failures combined, God chose us since the beginning of time to be his dwelling place. We're the light and the soul. I'm not trying to bring shame on you. I'm not trying to make you feel heavy. I'm not trying to pressure you to do, to do something or to... Listen, I just want to show you the word of God, what the word says. God, even in our shortcomings... While we were still reckless, God died for us. He chose us to be his dwelling place. I just want to equip you, man. We're called to be the light that shines in dark places. We're the salt that preserves and makes people thirsty. Your life should make people thirsty for God. Your lives should make atheists stay up at night. Instead of atheists making us stay up at night with their questions. We, we should make them rethink. We're the temple that people meet and worship God at. That's, that blows my mind when I think about that. We're the temple that people... Don't, that's not to get you a swelled head. We're, we're not God. We're, we're the temple that people meet and worship God at because God is in us. When people come to us, they, they should never worship us, but they should be seeing and saying, man, his God is good. His God is worthy to be praised. His God is, is, is I want to live for his God. Uh, your, your life should say to people, it's good to bring him glory. It's good to praise him. So church, let's do that. As we worship, we're going to, just leave this space open and I don't, I'm not even going to ask anybody to come and pray for you. This, you know, sometimes we got to grow up, man. We got to do things ourselves. Amen? Not that, don't get me wrong, we're here. If you want us to pray for you, we'll pray for you. But, but sometimes, this is a crutch. And we say, oh, I got to go and have somebody pray for me. I got to go and have somebody. No, man. If the Spirit of God is in you, tap into that. That's better than any other one of us. That's better. The God that's in you is better than anybody on the prayer team. 
tap into that. Say, God, I want to do things right. If that's you, come. Come on. God, I want to I wanna get this in time. I want to be free. I know. I've noticed. Listen, if you've noticed these vines that I'm talking about, if that hit a chord, if you've noticed these things in your life, you, you see it because it starts to change the way you walk and it starts to change the way. I, I usually know when, by, by people's Facebook statuses, I know where they're at. Because you'll see them, oh, this God is good, and this, and scripture verses, and spiritual quotes, and this, and then, and then all of a sudden on a, on a Wednesday, F this, 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 these people get me angry, and they, there's something entangled there, man. You, that, you, you understand? I'm not judging. I'm not judging, but, you know, I mean, God calls us to judge each other, judge the church. That we can do. But you see people's walk change. You see their lives change. You see by, by the things they say, by the way they act, man. I want you to get free. God, God said that you could be free today. And I, and I believe that 100%. And so if you want to get free, come worship with us. Go ahead, Ephraim. I'm listening to this message. And as I always do, I, I sit and I try to think of a song that we could close out to. But I'm thinking about just making room and throwing things away, you know. And the song that keeps coming to my head is Nothing is Wasted. So I'm thinking, like, how does that even make, how is that relevant to what, you know, again, this is a conversation that I'm having with God. How is that relevant to what, God, what, what Pastor's speaking? Because there's a lot of things that we're holding on to that we don't want to get rid of because we think. You ain't going to need that shirt from the 70s because it ain't never coming back in style. You ain't going to never, you may never need some of those jeans because you might never fit back in them. That's just the truth, right? And you might not need that sin shirt because that ain't you no more. Because if you put it back on, it's going to be uncomfortable, you know? But some of us still try to hold on to stuff like we might need this for later on in life. Some of you here right now might be holding on to some stuff that you feel like, I don't know, maybe I might need this again. I'm telling you, you don't need it. But the thing about nothing is wasted that you got good use out of that. You got good use out of that sin you was in. But see, it's not wasted because God is using that for his good. Because in his word, he says that I will turn everything around for his good, for your, for your good and for his glory. So can we get rid of some stuff, man? Can we let go of some things that we find ourselves in? Can we let go of some crutches? You know? Can we do that? Because God is saying, look, you've been through that. You were there. You've done it. Now it's over. You're out of it. There's no reason to go back to it because I'm going to take it. And at the end of the day, I'm going to get glory from it. You know? So, in fact, it's not wasted. You work all things for good. You believe that. So get rid of some of those bell-bottom pants. And if they try to bring them back, I will not wear bell-bottom pants. All right? Get rid of your butterfly collars. Get rid of that stuff that you normally run to. 
that's comfort to you. Because God said you have no more use for that today. You believe that? There's no more room, no more use for that. See, you know my every need. You see my poverty. You are enough for me, Jesus. You gave the blind their sight. You raised the dead to life. You've done the same for me, Jesus. Your word inside, your word inside of me. My strength, my everything. My hope will always be, Jesus. Your breath, say. Your breath is on my lungs. Your word. today was a challenge where the scripture says that we're going to get rid of those sins that so easily entangles us. I don't know about anyone else, but I'm tired of staying stuck in the same place. 
I'm tired of going through the same cycle over and over where God's dealing with me something inside. It's time to forgive that person. It's time to release that pattern. And, and, and for some reason it becomes a struggle over and over, the same old thing, the same old mess. I'm ready today to let it go. A- anybody else today? That thing that weighs you down, it's so heavy on you. Aren't you tired? Are you tired of that same mess in your life? And every time you even try to go forward, it seems to pull you back again. But we're going to cut it off at the root right now in Jesus' name for all those who desire that. You see, some people like it. You know, I found that. I know people for 30 years, they're coming to me with the same prayer request. Oh, I need prayer for my anger problem. Because they never had a desire to lay down. But if you choose today to say, God, I choose to let it go, that that abuse from the past, I choose today to let go of that, that, that relationship that hurt me, that wounded me. I give it to you today, God, because I'm ready to go forward. I, I don't want any of you to keep coming week after week and you're still stuck in the same place. It's like there's crazy glue on your shoes. So if you're saying today, Whatever that area is, and God is identifying an area for every one of you right now. That thing you don't want to let go of. You keep hanging around with that same old crowd that keeps tearing you down, but you keep going back and back. Some of you, there's relationships you need to break off. There's places you need to stop going. So if you're in agreement with today's message, with the word of God spoken today, God, I'm ready to let it go. I'm untangling myself because I'm ready to move forward in you. Just raise your hand right now before God. In that specific area, I'm not praying a general prayer, God set us free. No, God, I specifically release the words of my mouth. I'm going to choose today to stop hurting people with my words. Father, I thank you right now for each one whose hand is raised. And right now, I uproot. I uproot that sinful thing, that seed that's been planted in you right now. In Jesus' name, just let it go. Lay it down now, now, in Jesus' name. I I believe you showed up in church today because you don't want to leave the same way you came in. So, Father, now, in Jesus' name, 
we lay down every root of bitterness, every root of unforgiveness. God, change our heart, change our mind, change the way that we speak, God. We want to walk like you and talk like you and be like you, God. Father, we're tired. We're tired of dealing with the same old struggle, the same old mess. So we present it to you, God, and we make our bodies living sacrifices. In Jesus' name, I want to do one more thing. Pastor George said that some of you, the devil has built a stronghold in your heart, in your emotions, in that place of anger and bitterness. In Jesus' name, I, by the authority of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I break that stronghold, that foothold. Now, in Jesus' name, we kick out every devil. Every devil that's got a place in your bitterness and anger, we command it to go now. We declare that you are free. That you, that you are free in him. Father, we thank you, God. We bless you today in Jesus' name. I, I just want to bless every one of you right now in leaving. Before you go, I want to release a blessing from the Father's heart. I bless you to walk with God with clean hands and a pure heart. To walk before your God in holiness. I, I bless you to fulfill the calling and the destiny that God's placed on your life. I bless you with good health and the goodness and prosperity of heaven. So go walk in the blessing and go bless everyone around you in Jesus' name. Amen. and the strength and the authority of God throughout the rest of this week. Understand who you are and people will see him in you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.